0: toast. A toast to the future owner of the Kentucky Rye Tavern. Sure, dream on. This place has to be a gold mine.
1: It's for sale. Well, I couldn't buy it. My
0: wife would kill me. Sure you can, Bob. This place was made for you.
1: Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our discussion about um, Season season 1, Episode 3, Segment B, Children's Zoo of the 80s Twilight Zone. Uh, Short segment, fun conversation. Uh, At least we got to hear Wes Craven, to Kid.
0: Hell that, yeah. That's,
1: you know, that's my takeaway from that.
0: You know, that's the one thing I always wanted from his career too.
1: <laughs> there was, um, Oh, Oh, who was it? Stephen Wright made the, once, once made the joke that he had two very rare photographs. One was Houdini locking his keys in the car. And the other was uh, Norman Rockwell beating a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> what? <the heck? laughs> well, that's yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause I mean, that's the joke, right? There's yeah. like, there's two things you would never <laughs> think about. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I just think Jeez. having Wes Craven, who seems like the nicest guy in the world, is like calling somebody a brat. I thought that I thought that was funny. So I like. Uh, I, I uh, did you ever see a Body Bags? I have not seen Body Bags. You're talking oh. about the John Carpenter anthology. Yeah, thing. Uh, not watch seen that Body yet.
0: Bags. There's a great role he has in it for a very like split second.
1: Okay, well we need to cover that for the show. <laughs> Hell I, I, yeah, we we've do. Been, yeah, I've been holding off. I know there's the Stacy Keach thing in there. Yeah, I think Mark Hamill's in that too, right? Hell yeah, yeah, he yeah is. So yeah, I want to. Hell yeah, we should. Twiggy's in it. Yeah, so we should. There we go. We should um do do the. As a detour soon, we'll mark that down. Yes. So so yeah, welcome to Strange Highways. This is the podcast which talk about the Twilight Zone. We have covered uh the original 60 series, all five seasons are available. Go back and listen to them, and we've covered both seasons. Of the Paramount Plus, Jordan Peele produced as well. Go back and find them as well. and so Collect them all. Collect them all, right? So now we're into the 80s Twilight Zone. Uh, this is Season 1, Episode 3 still, because we're doing them by segments. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this journey. Because um, I think some segments deserve a little bit more breathing room than maybe others. But we don't know that till we get there. That's the fun of this. Um, yeah, this is uh, Segment 3C, Kentucky Rye. Uh, and yeah, a day and date, go back and listen to the first segment healer two episodes ago to learn about, um, it was that was the day after my birthday and I may or may not have gotten some, uh, rock Lords. So there we go. Uh, yeah, let's just get into who did what here. Yeah. So our director on
0: this is, uh, John D Hancock, uh, four more episodes of this twilight zone, uh, rendition to come. Uh, more things that I wasn't really familiar were, with. Uh, I don't know if you can fill in the gaps there.
1: Yeah, a little bit. So, one, I, I thought this was a fake name because uh, John Hancock's one of the guys that signed uh, the Declaration of Independence. I'm like, oh, is this a pseudonym? Is this someone like they don't like their work? Possibly, no. yeah. Yeah. I also want to believe that like maybe he's a relative and then he just signs everything really big. But anyway, uh, yeah. Um, he. One of the big things he was known for was 1973's "Bang the Drum Slowly," which is a film with Robert De Niro. It is a baseball film; it's it's more of like an emotional thing. Like I guess one of the players is uh, a little bit slower and like intelligence wise, and has a terminal illness. And it's like this big, like you know, like I know that kind of got awards talk at mm-hmm. the time. I've okay. not seen it, but I've heard of it in passing. Um, big thing with him though is that this guy kind of had a weird career. Uh, he ended up uh, he was the original director attached to Jaws Two. Nice. Uh, well, I mean, he got fired due to like um, some meddling from. Because after Bang the Drum Slowly, he ended up like getting into doing Jaws 2 uh, because like he got that critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. But he, from what I was reading, which is on Wikipedia, so your mileage may vary, is that I don't think he was ready for that type of scrutiny and spotlight in terms of like a big studio. Like, Well, it's definitely you're, after Spielberg. You're following too. following Spielberg. Like yeah. the movie that became the summer blockbuster, the model to follow. Right, And then they want you, hey, you did this emotional movie about baseball players. What about a shark eating people? And he's like, I don't know. But it became a thing where he would kind of go and ask questions about like, what, what can we do, what we can't do. And he wasn't getting like clear information and was being pulled between producers and the studio. And it was a whole mess. And so he ended up getting released. So he actually didn't get credited uh, on the film. So that kind of like, it, because of that negative situation, it kind of, it didn't blacklist him. Um, from, um, excuse me, I'm, having some, I'm having some Kentucky rye. That's, that's spoiler. I'm not, it's not Kentucky, Rye. Right? It's a it's, indigestion. Uh, it's indigestion and Irish <laughs> ale. So yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it, he, um, kind of like would bounce around some projects because he was kind of not, I I'm using these words. This is not how it's phrased, but damaged goods because he was part of a tent pole project and either the studios weren't looking at him or he didn't feel confident to, to do something bigger again. So eventually one of the other things I would put point out here is that, uh, he was the uncredited director on the film Wolfen, um, that he came in to actually finish it. If I remember right. So he went from being a guy that got pulled off of a project to a guy that was added to kind of just get the thing done. Yeah. So he has, he has like some other genre things in there too. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not that familiar with his work. I, I'm sure I saw Wolfen as a kid because my mom would rent all these. I movies. I gotta get to that
0: one. Uh, that yeah. was that became one of the the movies that I needed to catch up on. From and it the has 80s. like eight
1: sequels or something, right? Or is that No, it's not Wolfen? What's uh, it, what's it? There's the other '80s uh, werewolf series, the, the Howling. The Howling. I always yeah. get those flipped. Right? Yeah, and so, they yeah. just
0: rebooted that. Yeah, there you go. From what I understand.
1: <laughs> so yeah, this guy's had a career. We're gonna see him for other segments. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like he. I mean, th- Competent, competent director and this segment is competently directed. I'm not trying to say competent as it's not a backhanded compliment, compliment, but it's like compared to segment one with a healer of the of episode three, this is a lot better put together in terms of like the directing style and everything. So we'll see more of uh, of Mr. Hancock um, soon. I mean, well, it's you know four more times. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, the writing credits on here uh, are shared on
0: la- like the last episode. Uh, well, yeah, last the last segment, yeah. credit that yeah. we did. Uh so uh Richard uh Chris Criszimin, Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh Chris, it's Chris so
1: mean, it's it's an odd name. I apologize uh Mr. Chris Zimine, yeah, um, if I got it wrong.
0: Yeah, so uh yeah, so he uh he did some writing for uh Star Trek the Next Generation and an episode
1: of The Incredible Hulk and that, I did, that's it. For credits. it's like story it. credits mm-hmm. and that's it and then um mm-hmm. yeah, and then we have Chip Duncan who's yep. the other co-writer on this only twilight zone segment went on to do a lot of documentaries, like a ton of documentary work. So See, I, you know. I, that
0: didn't seem to be so much of a, a thing on uh, IMDB. So which was kind of a bummer.
1: Yeah, no, it just, he just a lot, a lot of doc, like in, ter- in terms of like short form television or like long form, like you could tell that, you know, you know, you, you get your feet wet doing something, uh, you get into the business and then you find your passion, right? Like much like, uh, did we find out that like, um, Oh, who was it? Oh, was it Bill Mooney, who also went on to do a lot of documentary stuff too? Maybe I know he's in the original. Um, it's a Good Life. There's there's somebody in that episode too that I was like, hey, hey, they did Twilight Zone, and then they just went into documentaries. Like it was just you know whatever. Like you, that you, sounds familiar. Yeah. Actually, that sounds very familiar. Yeah, I, like, I don't you, have those notes in front of me. Yeah, so. and I'm just I'm just saying things out loud, hoping for the best. Yeah, welcome to the show where I just say things out loud and hope for the best. <laughs> Pull the pin on the grenade and walk away, and then magic happens. Or body parts. I don't know. All right. So yeah, uh, that's our writers and director. Who, who's our cast? So the cast
0: leads off here with uh, Jeffrey uh, Dem- Demun. Demun. Yeah, Jeffrey Demun. Uh He plays Bob S- uh, Spindler. 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 Uh, uh, this dude caught me real quick. I'm I sure. knew. Who, I yeah. knew exactly who this <laughs> dude was. I was like, oh crap! I was like, look at those eyebrows. I know who the hell this is. He was in the mist green mile the hitcher yes which i don't know if you remember his role in a hitcher but yeah i love the hitcher great movie he was in the blob too which i love the blob one of the best remakes of all time and a lot of people would know him from the walking dead
1: yeah he was in the first couple of seasons of the walking dead um you you forgot to mention your favorite film of all time he was in the shawshank redemption i know i was uh, hoping he, you'd he's he's a I big yeah, there my- you go you're wearing your uh, shirt um from your time. The Shawshank you Redemption. You spent sure. your time there at the Shawshanks. Yeah. Um, does yeah. Shawshank. Um, so... Um, and then you met a man that could find things, and used a rock hammer. And yep. then Terry climbed through was it two miles of shit or whatever it was yep. to get out of there. Yep. Um, incredible actor. I, yeah. I, I mean, like, but a lot of Frank Darabont work. That's that, that's that's, that's his like
0: niche. Yeah. You know? Which I
1: didn't know that Darabont actually wrote the Blob remake. I mm-hmm. you know, it's been a long time since I've seen. That he's got
0: a, it. he's got a flavor, yeah. and it, yeah. like I mean, he, this dude is incredible in everything I've ever seen mm-hmm. him in. Obviously recognizable. Yeah, I like him in this a lot. Uh, just to give like the go there. Uh, I I'm I'm glad he's a part of this. I'm glad that he's a recognizable face, and I'm especially glad that it is something that's attached to Stephen King.
1: Yeah, well, because also well, like Jeffrey Dahmer, like, yeah, he's one actor. of those character actors that you recognize, and then of course he and Darbon had a nice working relationship because he's been in a lot of things, right? The uh, The Mist is like just uh, one of the one of the greatest like sledgehammers of a movie,
0: like and made. endings. Oof,
1: yeah, and he and he's in the end of that too, and it's um. Ugh, you know, things kind of happen. We don't get into it if you're not seen it. Watch it. Uh, prepare, prepare to be sad. Uh, yeah, well. but yeah, it's just he's just one of those recognizable character actors, which is wonderful because this fits the mold of the Twilight Zone, where you get to shine a light on a lead that we know him from things,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I feel like that's very much in line of the original series, where we're like, oh shit, this is a guy that was in a lot of cool things, but. Maybe he's not an A-lister, but he's leading the episode.
0: Yeah. And if you don't know his career, please play some catch-up because he's in some amazing roles. Yes. So then next here, we have uh, Michael Green uh, plays Irving. Uh, Or Irving. Yeah, he gets mad at him.
1: He's like, you know, excuse Uh, me, or whatever
0: He was in To Live and Die in L.A., uh, down and out in Beverly Hills, which I really enjoy. I don't know oh, if he's been seen... first.
1: I've seen oh, my that, god, yeah. it's
0: so good, <laughs> it's so ridiculous and so good. Is that Mel? Is that um, uh, not Mel? Uh, what uh, who's Keith in, who? McGee is? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, I was thinking, uh, uh is Mel
1: Brooks is that to and um, out in LA? Is
0: that him in that? Oh, no, I'm i, no, I, I Oh my god! We'll get back to it in yeah. a second. a um, uh, battery's not included as well. So
1: okay, yeah, I got him here. He was a, lo- a lot of TV westerns. Like he's he plays Bob's boss. We see him for a little bit in this. Um, yeah, just he has again one of those faces. You're like yeah, that guy would be in every TV western ever.
0: Yeah, and it, it, yeah, I mean very recognizable. I've seen him in plenty of things, and like I I thoroughly enjoyed him for the small amount of time he was in this because it's like, dude. He, he was supposed to be a serviceable, serviceable role, but it's like, no, he's a character I wanted to see more of. And, I mean, un- unfortunately, he didn't have much of a character
1: in us. Um, but uh, next here we have Philip Burns. Uh, it was Nick Nolte and Down and Out and Beverly Hills. Why yeah. do I, um, why do I think Mel Brooks? I don't know, but Richard well, Dreyfus as well. Yeah. That's a Jaws connection. And uh, Be- uh, Bette, Bette Midler. Midler. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, my apology. Oh, Little Richard. My apologies. Uh, Nick yeah. Nolte. Oh God, he was at the party.
0: He played the. <laughs> it's, he was playing. It's the been. Piano. It's,
1: it's been um, like, when did this film come out? Since then, since I've seen it, so it's been. Yeah. A bit. Uh, I yeah. like it. I think it's a great. Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it has. Uh, I'm sure it's aged well, and it's not problematic whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, So next we have Philip Burns. Um, He plays the bartender. I recognize this dude real quick, so I'll get to that in a second. But he was in Flashdance. It's a movie that we've uh, noted here in the past conversations very recently, but uh, Corvette Summer. Mm Mm-hmm. And Return of the Living Dead Two, that was where I re- I remembered this dude because he was the doctor
1: in that film. Yep, figured I figured you would uh, uh, steal that. I was like, who of, the
0: hell is this yeah, dude?
1: Yeah. I I was like, I've seen this dude before. Where is he? Yes. Yeah, Return of the Living Dead Part Two. Yeah, really? that's I just got I just put in here a lot. One of One of the most ridiculous sequels ever. just <laughs> yeah. character actor in everything, right? Okay. So yeah.
0: Uh, so next here we have Arlis Howard, uh, plays Stranger. We'll get to him in a minute. Uh, full Metal Jacket, The Sandlot, and Natural Born Killers.
1: I have The Lost World, and he was in True Blood. Um, should should I, should I have some controversy right now, Terry? Should I give you some controversy? Give me that. There, here's some controversy. <laughs> I've never seen The Sandlot, nor do I ever need to. That's fine. I know. <laughs> so I think
0: as far as, far as uh, credits, that's probably one of the most popular of his career. And I, I mean, I only say that because it's like, Maybe we have some younger audience out there. Maybe some people aren't uh, so familiar with the other credits that you had just listed. So
1: I'm just talking in general. The Sandlot is like one of those ones that, like, people just the moment you say it, like, people are just like, "Oh my gosh, I saw this as a kid, and I loved it." And I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from them. Yeah. But it's supposed to be like, it's like supposed to be like this big touchstone of like, like qu- you know,
0: quintessential it's, '90s it's like, film. It's
1: like, it's like you've never seen The Sandlot. I'm like, no. nah, I'm good. I mean, if I mean, if I had a baseball movie growing up, it would be probably Major League.
0: Well, you know? like, how, how do you like how I sandwiched it in between Full Metal Jacket and Natural Born Killers? Yeah, I
1: mean, <laughs> those are all three very similar films. Um, Tone, especially. I, for all I know, The Sandlot could just be it. It could be just a bloodbath. I have no idea. And everyone's like, "Yeah, I like it." Whatever it um, could have been. Uh, you know, if
0: it was rewritten. Sure. If, if yeah. you watch the the remake of the trailer, yes. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, That's but, where all the bodies are buried.
1: It's yeah. in the sandlot, you know.
0: Well, you know the beast is on the other side of the fence, um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> but and yeah. it hungers. Yeah. So I, no, yeah. Said the the
0: sandlot is not the best baseball film of all time either. So you know, Major League. Well, bang um, the drum slowly.
1: We just talked about. It. No, no. I'm kidding.
0: No. <laughs> but uh, next here we have Clarence Felder. Felder, I'm sorry, uh, plays Randy. Uh, Ruthless People. Have you
1: ever seen this movie? I have. Again, it's probably around the same time as Down Out in Beverly Hills. I saw it like that then, you know. My wife and I went on
0: a binging of like all these ridiculous uh, comedies from the 80s. Ruthless People is so good. Bette Midler again.
1: David DeVito's in that too, right? Yes. Yeah. And a Judd Reinhold, too. Okay, cool. All right. Well, perfect 80s person. You got to have the know, Reinhold. Yeah. Right.
0: A Nightmare on Elm Street, part five. And last Boy Scout. So, yeah,
1: and I put in here the hidden, which I think it's a film I've talked to you about before. That has Kyle McLaughlin in it. It's a really cool, like smaller sci-fi film. Like the mm. intro to that film is amazing because it's like you, you have so many questions in the first ten minutes about what's going on, and the film pays off really well. Like I mean, it just the hidden. The hidden's is one of like I. You know, it's a hidden gem. It like I picked up. Um, oh, one of the boutique uh, companies put out the Blu-ray. It's a cool little movie, like, nice. and I just, it is. Um, here, I'll, I'll here I'll give you the 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 um, the beginning. This guy just walks into um, a bank and just staring. He just no wearing no mask, nothing. Has a like a, a pump shotgun. Just looks up the camera and smiles, and just starts laying waste to people and just robs it and gets into like a sports car and just puts in a metal like a, a cassette tape full of metal and just drives. And the cops catch him and they just gun him down and they're like, what just happened? And it's like, and then it goes from there where it's like, some some things out there showing the same traits of liking metal music and gunning people down and stealing money. It's a a cool movie. It's a (laughs) really cool movie.
0: Nice. uh Uh, nice that they would play the scapegoat of metal music. Ugh. Well,
1: I mean, you know, also armed robbery and fast cars. I mean, you know, whatever. Like, I think that would still play better than like you're like, you know, what he's really into polka music. That would be that would raise a lot more questions. <laughs> you see know, this guy just, just you know, um, what was it, uh, Frankie Yankovic, just just driving down the highway. You know, <laughs> that'd be bad news, right? So, all right, anyway. Um <laughs> yeah I also have for um, for um oh sorry that's that I have Nightmare 5 you mentioned that already yep. last Boy Scout and then who else do we have here
0: So next is uh
1: Scott Jep. Jhack. I think I, I think it's Jacek Jacek Yeah it's Welcome to the show we can't read names good Yeah
0: so uh he plays Pete uh 230 episodes of Santa Barbara and uh some NYPD Blue and some ER Yeah and then uh next is uh John uh Demita. D- Demita uh plays George uh tons of voice work so th- i i'm i know this guy stuff he might
1: be like the mvp of this episode in terms Yeah, of for of his, his output yeah
0: like lots of voice work so uh that's the thing i focused on here because i knew most of this voice work stuff uh Castle in the Sky which is Miyazaki as mm-hmm. well as Princess Mononoke which is an incredible uh,
1: look at Terry the moment you get into anime he knows how to pronounce all the words but not the names <laughs> it, it's an uh, incredible film I mean if you've never I'm not, seen I, I don't think I've I, um, I recently in the past year or so I watched Hal's Moving Castle which was quite wonderful oh
0: so good um, I've Christian not, Bale
1: yeah I've, I've not seen Princess Mononoke I've not seen Castle in the Sky um, I, I there's a lot of Miyazaki Spirited get, Away um, I've not seen that either there's a lot it. of Miyazaki I need to get to I mean uh, Ponyo had come out when I was still working Ponyo. on Blockbuster Ponyo. yeah I Ponyo. that song screw Ponyo, no, Ponyo. no 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 <laughs> no putting that Blu-ray on at work and just hearing that song <laughs> I wanted to rip the TV off the wall and throw it that's my wife's like, favorite uh, great on a loop <laughs> yeah, yeah cool go with it. no Ham I, um, <laughs> I, I love I I love your wife. It just if if that starts playing on a loop around me, I'm going to snap. That's all there's to it. Yeah. I like lo- uh, I like Miyazaki
0: stuff. Yes, yes. He is incredible. Uh, you know, it's too bad he doesn't do much of an output anymore. Well, but
1: there's one more coming, right? Supposedly, right. It was he keeps yeah. coming out
0: of retirement. So,
1: yeah. but uh, do you think the roles? Just, he's just like I'm done. And like he's out there like a cabin in the woods chopping wood, and like and the, like the the government comes and it's like hey, oh, it's Miyazaki. like commando. Yeah, like... It's like, he- we, it's like <laughs> It's like, we need you for one more. He's like, I've put that shit behind me. It's like, and he's just like. I'm not
0: working for the company anymore. <laughs> it's like, Dude, that's we, a very secretive company, yeah, it's too. like, we need
1: you for one more. Yeah. It's like, just when I thought it was out, you sons of bitches, pull me back in. Yeah. Like, I want to, I know he seems like the nicest guy in the world. I just want him to be like a foul bow son of a bitch when he's like, I'm not doing that again, you know? And he's yeah. like, I have this idea. It's it's really lovely, but you, you sons of bitches don't deserve it,
0: you know? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the last credit I had for. Uh,
1: so, again, with John D'Amata, uh, D'Amita, you mentioned a lot of anime. There's mm-hmm. a lot of video game voiceover work, mm-hmm. too. He's actually in Friday the 13th, the game. Nice. That he plays one of the. Like, one, a sheriff in there. And he's also live action. He was in an episode of Phrase Nightmares. So, nice. I want to mention that.
0: And uh, he did some voice work for the Spawn uh, like oh, HBO yeah, series, too, word. which yeah. was. really cool bloody too which is you know that's how spawn is supposed to be it's spawn yeah yeah and then uh, next here uh you're gonna have to my you i think you're gonna have to help me with this uh brad uh berlin game berlin game berlin game game. we could sound things out i can at least Uh, he plays larry he plays (laughs) (laughs) plays larry larry uh he was in uh, some freddy's nightmares uh, and and cheers
1: yeah there you go i mean if you only have four credits and two of those if one's the twilight zone one's Freddy's nightmares one's cheers pretty pretty good uh yeah. you know right yeah
0: and so uh rosemary is uh rosemary thomas playing nancy it's the next credit here uh 14 credits uh like the bold and the beautiful is yeah w- some that's all them. i got
1: was yeah. the majority of that
0: and uh gloria rusher roush Roush? Rush, Roush? Rush, R u s c h? I don't
1: know. Welcome to when we spell things out here on the episode.
0: Yeah. As well, yeah. Uh, plays Laura. Uh, four credits. Wasn't familiar yeah. with any of them.
1: It's weird how we get a lot of like people that only had four credits with like it's uh, this shows up again and again in this episode. It's like four credits, like and anyway, like, it's like a trickle
0: down. But and then we're gonna get to one here in a second. Yeah, but, yeah. No, we have a big one at the very end. Yeah. Here, so yeah. Uh, John's uh, John Davy is a p- officer. Uh, an episode of Night
1: Gallery, and that's. The only thing okay. I was familiar with. So um I'll get back to it in a second. So I want to mention Lisa Long is Debbie. Her first credit was this episode. Oh, I'm she's, sorry. I, I yeah, skipped yeah that one. no, she she's still working. She was in Castaway, and then she was in three episodes of Tosh two of them as Tosh's mother. So it's like, okay, that's fun. You know. And she was in what women want. Oh there you go. Well. Uh, so with John Davy as the officer, he uh, was in the live action version of Captain Marvel in the 70s where he played, Shaz- like, well, sorry, it was, um, the show was called Shazam and he played Captain Marvel, which there's a weird thing now. There's that movie Shazam and he plays Shazam and that, there's the, there that character's name is Captain rights Marvel, but been there's taken, a weird yeah. rights back and forth. So the Captain Marvel you might be thinking of for the movie is, it's whatever, but he played him in the Shazam live action. If you look up the trailer for that show, it looks ridiculous. So uh, that's it's goofy. And the last credit we have here is Tim Russ. Officer Officer 2. Officer number 2. He only has like one line. You see him for a second. Uh, This guy is still doing a ton of stuff, but I mainly know him as Tuvok. Uh, from the Star Trek universe. He was in a thousand episodes of Voyager. Deep Space Nine has been all over the place. Uh, Tim Russ is great. Sure, like, he, he's just one well, of those guys constantly working, constantly doing voice work. Does very a familiar face, too. Oh, uh, very recognizable. And he's done a yeah. lot
0: of cons. Uh, and we will we will talk about him in one more episode of Twilight Zone.
1: Nice. All right. So that's, that's been our journey with this cast. Um, we do not have an intro improper, uh, for, we don't have a Charles Aidman intro. There's, there's a bit at the end, which I did not catch because very unique ending in terms of way the dialogue, like the, the voiceover comes in. But, um, yeah. Um, Oh, here, here. How about this? This would be a good way to introduce this. Both of them sober, reliable, the best man. That is uh, three lies right there in a row. However, let's just get into this. It is uh, Kentucky Riots, the third segment of uh, episode three, like we've mentioned previously. It uh, starts off in kind of like we don't really get – I mean, we get stories that start off like me, in media res, meaning we're in the middle of something, right? But um, so we get we get um, our, our friend here. Um, it is uh, – what's his uh, – Bob. 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 Uh, he is uh, – Clearly, um, he's a salesman of some sort. Yeah. Just wearing like the greatest jacket ever. Not really. Uh, and he is three sheets to the wind, seven sheets to the wind, 18 sheets to the wind. And he's just talking amongst himself about like, whatever like, you know how you, as you do. And, but then, um, he decides to do what we all do when we're drinking and driving, sing Rod Stewart. Um, he's, <laughs> and I thought that was odd because it's like, normally you don't hear like, um, specific lyrics and like licensed music and things like this. Cause the money. Sometimes it comes in, uh, but he's singing, uh, some guys have all the luck, which I heard that. I'm like, cause that is a Rod Stewart song. It's probably a cover. Right. But, um, but yeah, cause you end up hearing the song later and he's just singing it and talking and you get the idea. It's like he views, he's that guy that you get from the jump that the world owes him right? Like he's, he's like, you don't understand the world, like whatever. Right. Some guys do have all the luck or whatever. So as that's happening, um, you know, he's uh, drunk rod stewarding and driving. Uh, we get a flashback to what happened earlier in the day. So, uh, again, a weird structure to yeah. this episode. Cause at first I was like, Oh shit, we're actually having a flashback in a 20 minute segment. Sure. Whatever.
0: And no intro. We just see the the title of the, the episode and
1: that's it. And I we mean, get, I don't mind. I'm cutting off. I apologize. Cause I've been drinking and rod stewarding. Um, I, I don't mind them playing with format. I, I think that's fine. Cause it's like, there's Keep no, your toes. Yeah, there, there's no, like nothing set in stone about what the twilight zone can be narratively. So, and so far we've seen this through, what this is like seven or eight segments, right? Because well, the first episode was two, the second episode was three. This is three, so this would be our eighth segment we're dealing with, right? So, yeah. so narratively, in terms of like the setup, like we do, like we don't always have narration to end and, and um, start and end the episodes. We don't have like there's um, they're playing with the format, and I'm okay with that, right? And With this being with this flashback structure, this is a different narrative format. Um, you know, whatever, like that keeps, that keeps things interesting. That gives the storytellers opportunity to tell their stories the way they want. Um, I do have some nitpicks about the story when we get to it, but we see what happened earlier in the day, uh, where, um, it is Bob at his office and he's, uh, uh his boss is on the phone. Um, that is uh, Irving, right? That Irving's like, tr- like, it looks like Irving has a deal on the line that's falling through and Bob's like just yelling at him. Like, let me talk, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. Irving hangs up the phone and then waits a moment and does that whole like, you know, hook line sinker like, oh, we lost it. No, you got it, Bob. psych You did. You did a good thing. Finally, your first time in your goddamn life, you did a good thing, Bob. <laughs> And and so he got the account or whatever it is. We don't know. I, I like it's like
0: uh, some big sale, and he, he somehow like landing something. From, <laughs> like basically, we find out it's like they're a sealess uh, company, like in the in the contending world. Yeah. But somehow they landed a big sale they sold of a
1: bunch of medical equipment to Hinge Thunder, Thunderman, Hinge or Thunder. whatever his name is. He yeah. landed it. You go, Hinge Thunder. Yeah, you can buy all the Wednesdays that you want or whatever. <laughs> all the you, dinosaurs on me. Uh, so, so yeah, this becomes like um, like a thing where then they go out to like a, cel- a celebratory like drink, and it just it becomes like you know it, it, it gets out of hand, right? Like there's multiple drinks. They're out with like you know um, the coworkers. I, I like you the progressiveness of this because
0: we we see the tray. It has drinks for everybody at the table. Then we see the tray again, and there's less drinks. Then we see that's a good point. Yeah. Then we see Bob talking to his wife on the phone, and he's like, "I mean, it's all like one-sided here that we or or, we're as a viewer we're getting. It's like, yes, no, no, no. It's great, honey. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm over at Kelly's. Yeah, I've had a few." All right, yeah, yeah. I'll head out after these. So it's yeah. like, you get that one-sided conversation. It's like, the wife is concerned, and it's like, you, as she's soon heard as she this, hears she's he- heard Kelly's. This before, well, she's okay. heard
1: this before, but he's trying to celebrate, and she doesn't hear that part of it. Right. Which, I mean, take what you want from that. Because there's even, when we first get to the bar, the first shot we get of Bob is him holding the check to the face of the bartender, and like, him downing a drink already, being like, $1,500, yeah, we did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, and it becomes, it becomes a, it becomes yeah. a thing. So, yeah. so yeah, you're right. Like, and also the progression of the drinks and, um, yeah, he, we find out that like, I mean, like Bob is not just, uh, not just an alcoholic. He like, he he's is hardcore. A, he's a bad and obnoxious alcoholic because like, he's
0: having drinks at the bar
1: while he's getting the tray for the drinks to the table too. I mean, I, you know, game respects game, but don't be an asshole. Right, you know, it's you know whatever, like you know, be stumbly, bumbly, fumbly. I get it, <laughs> you know, like like you know, your your brain's just a, it's just a, it's just a waterlogged mech trying to move that body across the right. waters, right? But yeah, he's just an asshole at this point. Like he goes to try to pay the bill. He's trying to be you know uh, Big Dick McGee, uh, whatever. And right? He's very obnoxious. Yeah, especially to his boss. Yeah, but his boss is like. Hey man, you should probably get a cab and you're like, All right, oh, got yes. Yeah, but he also his boss was trying to pay the tab, but he didn't, you know, didn't want to hear it. And he was like, One more drink, one more drink. And then there's a bit of dialogue that shows up that some of his coworkers is like, you know, see you tomorrow, killer. And they walk away and I'm like, ah, here we go. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, don't mind the foreshadowing, you know. Like so so yeah, he ends up snapping everybody and he's like, I'll take a cab and then we cut back to the present where clearly he's not taking a cab and he's Rod Stewarding all over the place. Right. (laughs) So then um, what happens next is that he ends up traveling like, you know, real quick. But we like there's another car on the way. It looks like he goes left to center or whatever. Cars avoid each other. Uh, We don't know what happens to the car. He hits a tree. And then he gets mad at the other car because he's, you know, he's the one drunk driving. But of course, he's going to blame the other driver. Has a cut on his head. Fortunate for him he happens to crash his car right in front of a bar. So there you go. Like, Don't look at luck that. They had a, it. Yeah. Look at that. Everything's coming up, Bob tonight. And the bar is called Kentucky rye. It is your basic, you know, uh, just hole in the wall, shit kicker bar. You know, we've all seen them. Like if you go on any back roads in the Midwest, you've seen these, these things with like, you know, the facades kind of falling apart, but the neon's on and the beer's cold. Right. <laughs> so goes on in, uh, pretty, pretty hopping. Good time. Even though I listen to country music. <laughs> just want to point out like there's no good times with that i'm kidding
0: well I, you know it's like it, it really is pretty slamming place because we get people dancing people having drinks It just it's just yeah, a it's good just... time going on it's like no one knew that there was a accident outside so whatever you
1: know a bob- wouldn't, wouldn't it have been great if that tree had a sign that vip parking he's like oh i guess i'm here now like whatever and, uh, yeah but like so so we get him looking around and then what the pick number one with this is that he looks over the corner. There's just a guy sitting at a one table by himself, like a small two person table. And he just looks at Bob. And then like a spotlight shows up on the guy. And I'm in like, this ominous music plays. Like, here's my pro tip. If you see that happening, that ain't good. <laughs> You're like, Hey guys, what's going on? This happened to come to this bar. Why do you have a light on you? And why do I hear yeah. music? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't, I think I'm going to go back out to my car. I'm going to wait for triple A.
0: It's fine. Like I, whatever. And you're already like four sheets to the
1: wind. Like, like dude,
0: you just got into a car accident. I don't know if you would be like, Hey,
1: Let's get another drink. Yeah, I, I mean what... that just shows you where he's at his his mindset his his uh, his brain's mush and he's in there right. So yeah. then, uh, so then he goes to the to the bar to go get a drink and, uh, and he's like, someone's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, I just got in car wreck and my head's hurting." And he's like, "Your head seems fine to me." And his wound's gone.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. holding a rag to his head because he's saying like, "Oh man, I got a cut on my head and it just won't stop bleeding." As he pulls the the rag away, as that that gentleman says that, it's like. There's not even a mark, nothing.
1: Yeah. So again, everything's coming up, Bob, uh, the whole, the whole bar's kind of rowdy. Someone comes up that was like, Hey, I don't know you, sir, but this guy says I can't beat him at arm wrestling, which is one of the weirdest things I've ever heard in my life. That's like, I've been to bars, you know, you get, sometimes you get weird conversations, but I've never had someone come to be like, Hey, I don't know you. This guy says I can't beat him, but arm wrestling. And I'm like, all right, well, I just ordered a drink. You guys figured this out. I'm and good. you
0: bumped into me too while I was drinking. Yeah, I'm so. good. I'm good. Like, get the you hell out of the way for me. The right? last
1: time I saw two strangers arm wrestle it was Jeff Goldblum. The last and the time it didn't enter, it didn't end well. Right. You
0: know. Like, last time, <laughs> time something bumped into me, it was a tree. So it's like <laughs> Yeah. I, seriously.
1: Yeah. What's your name? Uh my name is Finn Okinson. I, I <laughs> you know you know here's my buddy, Jim Maple. Like I just,
0: So he downs yeah. like a triple of of uh, whatever it is you know, like bur- bur- bur-
1: uh, whiskey, right? Whiskey. Yeah, straight
0: up. And uh, but then he starts observing this this uh, you know arm wrestling. Yeah, like did one guy drink motor oil before too like <laughs> yeah. yeah we're
1: now getting a, we're getting a brief over the top segment where, yeah where um i believe it was uh somebody drinking motor oil and the other guy had to turn his hat around like because it it's like a switch, a, like the switch you know? yeah their name might be either hawk or hawks we don't know but um yeah hawkinson yeah right. right yeah so he watches the arm wrestling he's all into the, the he's whole crowd drinking a it. beer too he's, like, he's just yeah.
0: constantly having drinks while he's like yeah. observing things and that. like yeah. Bob's not done.
1: <laughs> no 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 no. Bob's just getting started. So then so then after the the arm wrestling contest is over, the the guy who was the challenger like was like ah whatever and then the he guy who won. Yeah. And so like Bob's like I could I could try and it's like I don't know uh you know um you seem smaller than the guy that just lost. I'm just going to point that out there. Yeah. Uh, this, Mr. This, Mr. DeMunn. I don't think, I mean, you. I don't think you have an anaconda. Look, I don't think you have 24 inch anacondas under there. This I, dude looked like Tugboat, you know? <laughs> remember Tugboat? <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, no. The, the, the gentleman looked, you know, it looked a little bit what you would call like a brick shit house. That's yeah, what you would call like, and those he guys. Kept that on, don't, they don't look like they have muscle, but they're strong, you know? like Yeah, rolling up that sleeve like, yeah. let's do this. He has an indentation from where there was a pack of cigarettes in there for Earlier, yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, Bob ends up uh, he ends up winning, right? But while that's going on, we get the stranger that had the spotlight on him, and then a woman just staring at him. It's like it was weird. Whatever, fine. And then after Bob wins, the whole whole bar is having a good time, and then that's when the bartender calls over. He's like, "Hey, you know, like here, all the drinks are on the house, and here's the future owner of the Kentucky Rye." And he's like, nah well, what are you talking about?" He's like, "The bar's for sale." Yeah, okay. We actually do see a
0: sign in the back that says, says "bar for yeah, sale." Yeah,
1: right there we go. So continuity. You're right. Yeah, um, and it's like, okay, um, how much? Sixteen hundred dollars. I understand this is, uh, you know, when this came out in the '80s that I know money is money has changed. That still seems like a low amount of money to buy an establishment. This I've played Monopoly things I, I get it, but even then, you know what does it cost to put a hotel on it though? I mean, <laughs> serious. Yeah. Like I could buy the Kentucky Ryan's like as long as I get like the utility companies and four railroads, I'll be able to make this work. Kentucky Avenue, whatever it is, like it's a red property. If you get all three, you know, you might be okay. And
0: you know. it's you know, like it it's like again connects with oh sixteen hundred dollars. Where where did we hear sixteen hundred dollars recently? Oh no, fifteen hundred dollars. Oh fifteen hundred dollars. That's damn close. Oh, but he's shy. He can't get fifteen hundred to browl. He's like, oh, how about what
1: do you call it? Like a thousand dollars. I'll make you offer a thousand dollars. Like yeah. So we find out that Bob's actually a really bad negotiator. Like, yeah. And then so the bartender's just sitting there. He's like, nope. Here, the price is sixteen hundred. And I just want to point out, I did look this up. Uh, Kentucky Avenue was one of the red properties in Monopoly. So you're welcome, everybody. Yeah. Along with Indiana Avenue and Illinois Avenue. So get Bam. all three. Especially during the McDonald's contests, you, you know. And you I think
0: know. I think the one of the uh, cop cars was Illinois. Too, there you so. go.
1: There you sure. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, so uh, the bartender is not flinching, and then Bob's like, "How can I get this kind of money? I got to talk to my wife." He's like, "No, the, the the offers for tonight." And then Bob's like, "I have a check for 1500 He's like, "Well, fifteen hundred, we can make we can make that work. Come on, Bob. You yeah, know, like yeah." And the bartender wouldn't flinch. And then all of a sudden, the stranger shows up with a with a hundo. And he puts it, He's like, no, no, no. I think you should have this place.
0: hundo and a halo. Like, what is going? On?
1: <laughs> that's like, that's what that is. Is that what they call an angel investor? Have you ever heard of that? Where it's like you have this angel investors that show up. And it's like I don't know what's going on, making like these investments in this company. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, I don't okay. know. I,
0: I yeah. never get investors, so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we get the stranger. Again, like the weird dude who is lurking in the back with the light on him comes over with the light on his face yeah. and be like, Hey, I hate to hate- see you miss this offer. Yeah. Slams the hundred down.
1: Under a bottle of whiskey, too, I think. Or, yeah. Or, or whatever it is, Kentucky Rye or whatever, right? Yep. So then, so then suddenly, you know, Bob has the money and he's like, Okay, fine, we got this. So, so he actually, um, you know, he does like, he does some like plays bartender for a second. Right? Goes and opens the taps. Says the drink Signs a contract. Well, before he, like, he signs the contract, can can I ask you, Terry, and we've talked about this before on the show, when he pours those two pitchers full of beer, it is 98% foam and 2% beer. Those are the shittiest pitchers I've ever seen poured. Worse Ever. Worst like, ever. I'm bad at pouring beers into a glass. Bob, you deserve every goddamn thing coming to you. Because, you know. <laughs> You offer up the, the, a beer, like, yeah, and like, that's what you serve to people? You still, if, if that had any more head, it'd be Modoc. That's how big the head was <laughs> on these pictures. It would just be baby arms and legs, you know, and uh, a sassy Patton Oswalt talking. That's how much foam was in these pictures. It, it was, was bad. It was wildly... Like we've not seen that bad of foam since a certain kind of stopwatch whenever. Right. Cause I think yeah, that's what, yeah. that's a, that's a good point. Yeah, And it was like, that was bad. That was bad beer management. Then this is worse. You know, Bob, I understand you're drunk, but you know, you even fundamentally as messed up as you are, you're putting out bad product. We you know that, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so he kind of likes it and that's whenever the things get finalized, the 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 um the contract gets signed and he announces it and that's when the that was he it what they have shots or whatever. He
0: just starts he, he starts going around he's like, I own this. Yeah, but did you know, this the bartender
1: shot. himself had the shot. And he's like, "Well, actually he holds onto the shot, right? Cuz every like we have Bob just starting to yeah, just become a bigger asshole than he was. You're right.
0: Yeah, yeah. he's just a jerk walking around like I own this glass here. And he, it was somebody else's. He He's like, a that
1: it, and breaks it. You yeah. Know? He, and I, he goes over to the, the woman that we saw staring at him earlier at the arm wrestling thing. He's like, let me buy you a drink. And he picks up a drink that's not his and just drinks it, which, um, that's gross. Then we're in 2022 after we've gotten through, uh, we're working our way through a pandemic. Um, I understand you're also in a bar. <laughs> uh, you're already, you're already questioning your life decisions that someone may have put a cigarette out of that. You don't know. You know what I mean? Like it, I've this, seen that movie too. <laughs> 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 right. So he just drinks it and then she's not about it. He's like, let me play a song. And he, he, he goes to try to play a Charlie pride song about like, what is it? There's no beer in heaven. I think or something. Like it's
0: a, uh, in, in heaven, heaven, there is no beer. Yeah, there you go. And it is a, uh, very like polka esque, like oh there we of, go yeah, I listened you. to it today I was like huh, I want to yeah. get a feel for this
1: yeah that's yeah. a good call I, I didn't actually listen to the song I'm like, like send I, out I have Rod Stewart in my brain it's where yeah, it
0: was a, a send out the barrels is another song by them there too. we go
1: um, so yeah, so the jukebox wasn't working. Not, uh, like the party seems to have died. Like everybody just kind of stops, right? And he just, he, he's the one just, just being this like this tornado of a man going through all this. And then eventually he goes over the pool table. He's like, oh, I'll have my own fun. I own this place. And just as you do, just passes the F out on the pool table, right? And then the whole crowd surrounds him. And then at that point, um, the bartender who had a shot just pours it out because it's like the deed is done. The game is up. Bob's on the hook, so there's no reason to keep this facade, whatever it is, up, right? Right. It's, it's an okay shot, of, of the, especially with the bartender, because we get a good call back to him in a minute, right? We get Bob waking up covered in dust on the pool table, um, and he, he wakes up during the day, and this place has been, um, it's not been in use for quite some time. Right, it is dusty. It's covered in cobwebs. You can clearly see that this is a bar that's in disrepair. There are boards
0: on the table, or uh, boards on uh, the windows, rather. Yeah, this place has
1: been closed for quite a while. It is, and he's like, it looks different in the daytime. I'm like, like how much different do you like? (laughs) You know, like, yeah, I mean, I understand you're drunk coming at nighttime. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can understand maybe not seeing all like all the dust, but yeah, you're right. It is significantly different, you know, in the daytime. But yeah. That's when he uh, is like wandering around trying to figure out what's up. And that's when we get the stranger there. And there's a good line there too, when the stranger is like starts to speak to him. And, um, you know, well, also I should take it back before Bob passes. I he's like, I always wanted a place like this, you know, right. So that's important. So then, uh, as he's looking out the window, seeing like the police there and the stranger is behind him and speaks to him. And Bob's like, you scared me. And he's like, meant to, that's a good line. Like, Yeah. yeah, he's like, I meant to scare you. So we start to find the truth, right? We start to find out the stranger's intentions, and we're starting to find out what, where Bob really is.
0: So yeah, like Bob is, you know, not really understanding what's going on. He's like, you know, what's going on here? Why do you think I'm on a hook to you? Because he's like, yeah, you, you, you don't recognize props. me. He's yeah. like, uh, that woman out there that you're looking at right now, that's my wife. You drove me off the road and you killed me. He's like. Yeah, I don't know what you're getting to, buddy, but uh because you loaned me that hundred dollars last night, uh maybe I'll, I'll 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 give it to you later. You know, like essentially, like. But I don't know what you're trying to get to, and then all of a sudden he sees the body of the de- the dude that he is talking to mm. being wheeled away and then covered up, and then all of a sudden when he looks back over to the guy that he's just been talking to, he disappears. And as he continues to look out there, he sees his own body being wheeled into an ambulance. And, like, that's a frightening idea. You know, like, I mean, this is like the best PSA. <laughs> to not be drunk, uh,
1: drunk yeah. driving, you know. So we see that, and then that's when we actually get like um, he goes and looks around at the bar, right? And that's when we get the um, the narration from Charles Aidman, right? So we get the that's we, yeah. We get the like you know like basically we find out like this is his own personal hell or whatever and whatever. But the episode's not quite done yet. So while that's going on, he looks in the mirror behind the bar, and we have the bartender just like just just laughing at him and it is just a very like demonic like just just pure evil like you know like you know
0: and he looks back and there's nobody at the table the bottle that was sitting there is completely empty there's no glass with alcohol in yeah. it because the dude's holding up some booze too and he looks back at the mirror and there's the
1: dude still. Yeah, the bartender still laughing at him and just basically being like, You, you know, you deserve this. This is your place now. It's right? all like, yours. Yeah, it's all <laughs> yours. And that's when we get Bob just taking the bottle and throwing it at the mirror and breaking it and having a Shatter Day, you know, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, and then and then him just falling the the in his knees, being like, I, you know, I never asked for this, I never asked for this. And that's the end of your episode, right? So uh asshole drunk guy dies in a drunk driving accident, takes out another guy. Ends up at a bar um, that's now his punishment of like you're going to be in this closed bar, uh, and you bought it. And so, sure that fine. I all as a morality tale. I'm okay with this. Right. I have questions.
0: Go ahead. <laughs> Please let those be the same questions I asked. I asked my wife um, today.
1: Yeah. So one, like I think it would have been like if it was implied that the guy who run ran the bar also had the same fate, right. And this is his way of being like, Oh, now you own it. I, I've been absolved and I'm absolved, but it's like, I can go and just like, you know, go into existence and just fade out because I, you know, or go to hell or whatever. I but sold it, yeah. the deed I, to I, I'm, my, yeah. the, I'm out, you yeah. know, like, and you're now the, now the owner of this. And every night you're going to be serving drinks. And until you convince somebody like, and I, that also implies that everybody else in that bar should have also be victims of drunk driving there. Right. And they'd be all like, we're keeping up airs until we, we get somebody to take this over. That's never really specified either. Right. The stranger we now know did die, ended up at the same place. Right. His wife wasn't dead. Right. So why was she there? Correct. I don't understand that. Like makes no sense. So, okay. Like it just, this, this segment is not bad. I'm not saying it's bad. Um, There's it, some pieces it, and parts it, to it. it. It's, it's na it's a nasty little bit of business um, of the three segments that we have for episode three. This is by far the best of the three. Um, I just think that um, if you like, we didn't, I don't think we needed the flashback. I don't think we needed, you know, I think um, we could have, you know, we could even started with him in the bar already being like, you know, Hey guys, like, you know, like, I don't like we could have, you could have framed this better and already had everything going on. Um, and I think you could have like ended up at him being trapped here and it kind of being this eternity and he's punished, you know, you could almost do like a water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink where it's like, he's now going to be the eternal bartender and cannot get drunk from anything there. Right. You know what I mean? As soon
0: as he comes back to the behind the bar,
1: that's, that's it. Like that's nothing. It. Like he like That's his purgitude. Like yeah, he's, he he's gonna serve everybody and he he will never do the and he's just there, right? Like I think that you there there is a nastiness in this that could have been um cultivated and it could have been just a mean streak. And that would have been a hammer of a story. Um, uh, I'm going to put this to you. This feels like the short version of what was it, that film we watched, uh, campfire tales. Yeah. Which just became a big drunk driving <laughs> PSA. This was too, you know, like, and like, I'm not like this story could have existed in the original series. basically oh, yeah. Uh, however, their drunk driving was treated a lot more blase. Cause remember what was it? The episode that we saw, with the people that got stuck in the Toy Town that were abducted by the aliens. Right. And,
0: and they just kept on blaming each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you were the one drunk driving. Yeah, but I was too drunk to drive. You're the idiot. Yeah, whatever. And then it was still them being abducted. So, yeah. whatever. So, I don't mind this. And I know that there's a story later in terms of like, be careful what you wish for. Cause that's the Twilight Zones all be careful what you wish for. Right. right. And, and, and generally, the things that stand out for people is. Um, the sinner getting punished for the sin, like, and I'm not saying that every Twilight Zone episode is like that, uh, but there is that comeuppance that we kind of like. It, it because of those those stories, like, uh, that becomes more stuck in the pop culture of the twist and what people are expecting. This, this feels like it's in home with that, right? It's just there. This is like 75% of the way there, and it's not that I didn't enjoy it, um, and you shouldn't compare a story to what came before. But since this was part of a package of three stories for this episode, at least they put this at the end to leave you on that. Like, you know, screw you. This is different where we're at now in terms of the twilight zone versus healer, which that character didn't get punished whatsoever. Children's zoo. The young lady ended up finding parents that somehow learned to be parents while stuck in a jail cell. Right. Uh, And then this, the, the person got punished. This feels more, and I'm not saying like I talk about breaking format and things could go different of the three, this feels much more twilight zoning to me in terms of at least the outcome. I mean, the parents from the second, second part, like the, the shitty parents actually ended up in the zoo as well. That, that, that tracks. Then right? you yeah.
0: you see the ambulance out there and everything too. Like, yeah. And see the, the overall outcome and how it impacts people. Like I get that as well. I just, for me, I don't think this is a very well polished no. story and it's long in a tooth, especially in certain scenes. And I'm like,
1: it, it, yeah, it makes me wonder what Charles Beaumont would have done with this idea. Yeah. Like in terms of original series. And if, if I was doing like my dream casting for the time, like where I should say, even if you, if you put this back and I know it's not fair, but if we put this back in the black and white sixties, twilight zone, if you didn't get, um, Burgess Meredith to be the bartender, especially that's his take from, uh, printers devil, then you're you're wasting my time. Like and and he was around at this time too. Like, why couldn't you have had Burgess Meredith? My God, that like how great that would have been like to be that guy that is all smiles and nice and just turns. I'm not saying the bartender gentleman here didn't do a bad job. Yeah. He was fine, but how much of a wonderful like callback to be like, oh God, it's the devil again. get <laughs> If he would have I, one of those twisty cigars too. That would have been amazing.
0: I, I feel like uh Philip Burns... Uh, was doing his best
1: interpretation no, no. of that that's you fair I mean, you're not wrong and about it's that
0: it's like you know like if you want somebody to be like be careful what you wish for i'm gonna lead you the way whether you'd like it or not how, you know, how like,
1: amazing like, that would have been though right yeah, and
0: like it, Yeah. And this, and this was pretty cool though in how he did his own little interpretation of that like ah yeah, I got you right where I want my, you now. You could
1: even had, and again, here's my dream casting, because he was still alive and kicking and firing all cylinders. You could have had Jack Klugman play the part of Bob. Yeah. And how how amazing would that have been to have him and Burgess Meredith in the same goddamn episode? Like, like not squaring off, but like. You really only need, like, as far
0: as, far as focal points here. We only need two characters,
1: really. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm nothing against, um, you know, Jeffrey Demond. Like, I'm nothing. He's great in this. He he knows exactly what he's doing, and he's wonderful in this as a right. character that he is. Yeah. I just and and maybe me dreamcasting and going back to be like, you know, give this thing 24 minutes. Give it like, um, give it Beaumont to approach it, or even Matheson. Matheson's, Matheson was really good at like. I mean, Serling was more of like. like There's times where his message would overpower like it just hit you in the head repeatedly mm-hmm. but i think you could have approached this from like oh shit like this is messed up and maybe had you know like i just
0: well and, and, i mean like speaking towards what you remember yep. of the series back when you watched it re- uh, like a, you know like over when you were a kid you don't remember this episode like this I, I, the specific Story. It's funny
1: because of, of so yeah, you're right. So to, to, to remind everybody, I did see some of this growing up. Um, there are segments that have scarred me and we'll get there when we get there. Um, the segment I remember of the three of these was children's zoo. And I remember that one being much more prolific at the mm-hmm. time. Um, maybe cause Wes Craven yelling at me, scared me as a child. I'm kidding. That didn't really <laughs> happen. But, um, you know, like for whatever reason, that's the one. Like of these three stories, that's the one that I have no memory of. Healer, I have no memory of uh, of this. And I think because I was a younger kid, you know what I, this was 80, 85. I was seven. I wasn't much older than the little girl that was in children's zoo. So for whatever reason that stuck with me and the idea, you know, of a tacky suit guy getting stuck in a bar, none of that would have like registered with me. And it you know? would
0: not have translated. Well. Cause there's
1: nothing, there's nothing visibly scary. You know what I mean? Like it's more of a mental and emotional scare, um, emotional, emotional scare here. Than it is like a, a gotcha monster moment, which right. would have which would have bothered me more as a kid, you know. So
0: and that's completely yeah. fair. Yeah. And it's like the things that I remember from the movie, especially when especially when I was a kid, I was, you know, it was '83 when the movie came out it was the monsters oh yeah know? for it was, sure it was yeah. like the the bunny coming out of the mm-hmm. the, the hat and everything. Ugh, like no, all the no. weird stuff Shh, don't, yeah, talk we, talking, <laughs> don't talk about, about it we all talk
1: about it's a good life from that movie it still uh, bothers me But Look, <laughs> i have, I have oh, goosebumps. I did. I did. i'm, I'm sorry, still paul. talking about uh, uh, no. sorry paul All
0: right. so back to things that are not yeah. so scary <laughs> but but it's like you could place this in like kind of a remake if somebody wanted to ever do a retelling of certain stories this could be you know, certain parts of oh, this could have yeah. been
1: moved around. And this, this could have easily be re- like if you, not that, not that that's not it so needs much PSA be. either. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that's fair. I mean, like basically your own um, addictions and short sightedness has caused your undoing and has punished those around you. That That is a tenant of the Twilight Zone, mm. um, or not even addictions, but your own, you know, your own desires. Right. Like that, like, um, I'll even go back to like, um, like the fever, right. From what season one go. or two of or the original a season, one original series where the guy just gets that, you know, to keep playing the slot machines. Right. Like, and that eventually, I mean, granted the one slot machine shows up and says his name out loud and he jumps out a window, but you know, it ruins his life. And that cause he needs to have that one big strike, that one big score. Right. Like, and he was,
0: he was completely opposed to going to the Keys casino as well. It's like, this is something like maybe, like maybe Bob's an uh, an addict, and yeah. you know because he finally makes that one sale, it's like all of a sudden somebody offers him drink, like dude, have a drink yeah. just to celebrate. It's oh. very much
1: like uh, Jack Torrance in The Shining, right? Like, yeah, yes, like especially the, when we get all right. That that yeah, was my you could my, have my that crit- tip
0: over point, right? That like, was my criticism as well. It's like this felt too close to that, you know? It's like now we got Jack at the bar. It's like hey. How's it going tonight? Yeah, that's yeah. fair.
1: That's fair. Like, like, I, again, not, not uh, like it, when we go back to, I mean, I have no idea how we're going to rank because if we go to the season, there's going to be so many segments. Well, we'll have to figure out how we're doing our rank. Our, our criticisms right. yeah. are yeah. very valid, I think. I, I mean, we have nitpicks about the story. Like, I'm, I'm cutting off. I apologize. Just, um, there's a lot of this where there's stories that you're in and out, so you don't have too much time to think about them. And again, we're living in an age in which we have access to like the media, um, like, you know, again, I, I generally hope that you guys have access to this, um, you know, and watching. are following along. Yeah, because I mean, again, it's not streaming anywhere. We bought the physical DVDs, but because we have the access to go back and watch these again, you get more time to live in the story and think about it, right? Versus yeah. you and I sitting down on a, like a Tuesday night or whatever this aired originally, and firing through it, and it would have been like we got these three stories back to back to back, and uh, you would there have been no processing time, right? Right, so. We're benefiting from so much like, you know, hindsight, right? So, and I think that's where the nitpicks come in because I know my brain, if, um, if you don't give me something to pick apart narratively wise, I don't think about it too much and I just move on and it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Like, um, um, the Shatterday story, I know we talked about it, but it's like, okay, well, I really don't know how to get my fingers around this. There are doubles and I know whatever, like it's just, and a little piece of quiet. We don't know how the, the, the necklace worked. It just did, you know, yeah. and it's like, and we didn't, we, the, the rules were never like, they didn't really break them, you know? And it's like with this, um, it just leaves a little too much open-ended, which I mean, if you want to go with the whole waking nightmare and like, this is your judgment, fine. But if you're going to introduce a bar full of rowdy people that suddenly stop talking and they're, they know what's going on. I just wish that, cause it's, it's more telling that the businessmen that are in reality say, see you tomorrow, killer. And then we find out that he caused a drunk driving accident and killed somebody himself. That's much more foreshadowing than any, anybody in the bar that says anything. Yeah. Other than the bartender saying this place was built for you. That's it. You see, I
0: I think I would have gotten more out of it as a story. If he was next to a cemetery or something else, like he's walking into a location and it is not an old abandoned bar. Like, We come, he's, he's inside looking out, but we look from the outside Mm -hmm. and it is, you know, a mausoleum or something like that. Like I would have gotten more out of that. Okay.
1: I see what you're saying. That would have been, yeah, that would have been interesting. I, I didn't mind the idea that it was like, you know, like a honky tonk that's been shut down or whatever. Right. And then it's like, it's kind of like you talk about Stephen King earlier in regards to projects being worked with like Jeffrey DeMunn and, you know, like and uh, Frank Darabont like it would be one of those things like why is this ice still like around and like no one ever talks about why it's not torn down. Like it just kind of exists. Like that's that, that King part of it. That's like, that's like the manner in like uh, Salem's lot. Like why isn't this? And like, no one thinks too hard about it, but like it should be torn down, but no one can. Like, I I don't mind that as like this, like this trap,
0: the old abandoned store from things.
1: Yeah. I don't mind that. I, I don't mind. But your point too, like, you know, I think that would have been interesting as well. Um, if you yeah. would have named the bar something different than Kentucky Rye, you know, like, you know, I don't know. So, you could have been more clever with, like, if you would have named it and you have been like, oh, shit, that's the name of a Mausoleum. Because yeah. there's that episode, um, Stop in Willoughby from yeah. the original series where we find out that, like, it's actually the name of the funeral home was, like, Willoughby Brothers or whatever. And this mm-hmm. guy dies at a train accident, and um, he's being taken to a funeral home. Like, you could have done something like that. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. that's,
0: like, I just wanted that little element that makes it a little bit different. And I'm glad that they, they paid attention to the, uh, the you know, the very small elements of inside the bar. So they took the tap heads off and that they yeah. put dust on everything all the all the bottles were empty like attention to detail was there but i'm like to not have a bar would have been better That yeah, would
1: have been yeah I, I see your point i think it would have been interesting i will also guide people towards um there's a stephen king short story talking about mr king uh called you know they got a hell of a band go check out that story i think it's a um a little bit more interesting version of this too hmm. i'll just to say that um, th- this isn't bad. And we're going to see this theme again. It's the twilight zone. You spin the wheel, like you land on different themes and different like elements and that's okay. Like th- there's no, like you <laughs> there's no stories that have not been told, you know, it's all about the journey. It's all about the, the, you know, the character work. and It's all about,
0: and how like, you can twist it too. Yeah, like. and,
1: and how, how competent it is and how, um, how we feel we've been satisfied watching it. Right. Yeah. So, and this is why I, the, I, again, this has been a little bit of a weird ride so far with this new series, like, sorry, newer series. It's going to find its footing. We're we're going to have our ups and downs. It's like anything, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so is this, is this segment better than anything we saw in season four of the twilight zone? Maybe. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some standouts there, but this, you know, anyway, like had, this been an hour long episode. I don't know. I don't think it would have uh, had legs, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I think that's where I land. I don't have any, um, any trivia about this. Uh, there's no, I didn't find anything. No. No. So, um, yeah. So let's just go ahead and uh, rate that twist. Uh, true the trist rating. It's just whenever we go off and do what we want on a weekend. Uh, no, twist rating is uh one to five, one being uh we saw it from a mile away, and five being mind blowing. Uh that uh the alcoholic asshole would uh end up getting punished for ending up at a bar after a car crash. Um I'm gonna give that, I'm gonna give it a two just because I you kind of see it coming, but some of like the viciousness that comes in with the bartender, I didn't know about that.
0: Okay, I, I I'm gonna have to align with the two because you know it's, it's we, a
1: very weak two. It's a lowercase it, yeah, two. Yeah, which there's no such thing. as a lowercase <laughs> two. I'm gonna give it a lowercase two. Uh,
0: it's a negative two. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't. No, it's, it's a 1.9999 repeater. Yeah. Um. Like I I just I don't know. Like I could see you know with the title and then Bob being straight up just like lush real yeah. quick that something was gonna happen there, but. Um, him being in that purgatory of being the bartender. All right. Yeah, sure. Fine too. You know, that's kind of,
1: yeah. All right, fine. Yeah. We're going to revisit this. You kind of got me. There's an episode later that, uh, there's about a guy who's a food critic that, um, you know, he gets invited back to a restaurant that he gave a bad review to. Um, I will argue when we get there the ending there is probably, probably the ending we should have gotten here, but we'll get there when we get there. I'll just say that, that you've not seen it, Terry, but I'm going to tease it. And I'm sure my memory Spoilers. is, be, my memory is going to be so bad that I'm have, I'll remember nothing of it correctly, but like I'm calling my shot. Like, we'll see. We'll, we'll revisit this and be like, was Paul right? Probably not. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for our discussion about Kentucky Rye. Uh, You guys can find us on Facebook at uh, strange highways. There we're posting uh, images of, Uh, This VHS quality imagery now that I I do miss the the sharp black and white of the Twilight Zone original series. However, this is not shot on film and the lighting is murky because it's the 80s. Uh, Be thankful. Like if you're watching this with us, great that you can't hear the pictures because some of the music in this is just terrible. (laughs) Like some of the soundtrack work, Children's Zoo, the music there makes me want to pull my head off and throw it. So be thankful you can't hear the the pictures. Um, You guys can find us. um, You can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcastgmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. Uh, If you enjoy this conversation, if you enjoy the Twilight Zone, please let people know. The more the merrier, it'd be great. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise?
0: Yeah, we are on Instagram, so you can go check us out over there. Um, We're trying to stay as up-to-date as possible. It's been a little hard run for uh, social media for us for a little while. Uh, We... Greatly appreciate you going in over and checking those out. Uh, and if please, if you are on Spotify, give us a rating because they have this new thing on there where you can go, you could do like a five star rating. We'd love that. The one star rating, mm-hmm, we'll I do mean, you favors. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Get it to that five. I'm I just
1: gonna put this out to you, Terry. Yeah, you have uh, you have an animal that you love dearly. Um, uh, I do. Maybe you should post us some pictures of said animal on um, the Instagram because people would love dog pictures.
0: Uh yeah, you know, I'll I'll put pictures of Gomez, my you go. my yeah. buddy. Yeah. I'll put pictures of me up there, you know, and that, no, that's not probably. I mean, that, no
1: do. no no, I'm all about that, but I'm <laughs> saying people, you know, I feel like it's it, it's uh it's it's cats or, you know, influencers. Um, And we don't. Do I know. have to eat food? How oh, about that? <laughs> I, I'll put
0: videos of me eating food. That's a thing no, but, on Instagram. No, 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 no. But
1: it's like, but, <laughs> but like nothing exotic. You're like, you're like, oh great guys, today I'm gonna try uh, this hot pocket, and it's gonna be it's beef and cheddar. Pisses I'll let you up. know how wonderful this is. Here's an unboxing. Of this beef and cheddar it, Instagram is such a weird animal. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, we're, all, we're all chasing the algorithms and likes and, and follows and yeah, all that. So and, if, you're, yeah. if you're digging it, thank you,
0: guys. Yeah. Uh, thank you for being a part of this. Uh, you're a part of the family. We care about you. And uh, we're doing our best here to be up to date and, you know, and like, uh, you know, giving you the product as fast as possible. And, you know, thank you for being here with yeah,
1: us. Yeah, uh, slow and steady is our pace here because uh, we don't want to burn through all the twilight zone so quickly. So let's just get to what we're doing next. And now Mr. Serling. All right. So next episode, we have, we have moved through the first three episodes of the 80s twilight zone. It is taking us seven years, but we've got, no, no, (laughs) Uh, it's funny. You turn around like, Oh, we've only done three episodes. Technically. Yes. But you know, it is what it is. Uh, what we're getting into next is season one episode four, segment a called little boy lost. I don't remember anything about this. This is going to be a fresh watch for me. It has, it has no connection at all to the Matheson, uh, uh, um, scripted episode from season four of the original series, little girl lost. Yeah. I was going to say that's too close. No, there's no, this is not a remake. There's a couple updates. We'll get them when we get there. Um, but this is not one of them. So I I don't remember anything about this. It's going to, it's going to be fun. Well, I mean, let's hope. So in the meantime, have a good time, have a good week, have a safe week. Uh, don't drink and drive because that means you're an asshole. Um, get an Uber. Um, but I mean, you can listen to Rod Stewart whenever you want. That's fine. Um, and also, I, I don't know, um, winter arm wrestling, but don't kill people. I think, I think that's a fair. I think it's a fair statement.
0: Uh, these are all fair statements. Thank you, Paul.
1: this is hopeless. I ain't been beaten years. Well, I guess you're due for a disappointment, then, huh? <laughs>